When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Discourse, a short-form, one-on-one interview podcast with filmmakers, actors, and other industry folks, hosted by myself, Mike D'Angelo, and on today's episode, we're celebrating the physical release of one of the year's best films, The Northman, which hits Blu-ray and DVD this week. After I talk about the film, playlist contributor Elena Lazich sits down with director Robert Eggers and producer and star Alexander Skarsgård in two separate interviews that we're going to throw up back-to-back. But as far as the film goes, The Northman... It's a story that follows the journey of a young Viking prince who's out to avenge his father's death at the hands of someone very close to him. If you're a fan of Robert Eggers, if you're a fan of Viking culture, or if you're just a fan of great technical filmmaking, this is a must-see movie. So the story, it's something we've seen before. It's a simple revenge story that very much follows the trajectory of Hamlet or The Lion King or any of the films that copied those movies or just Hamlet. Uh, But the performances by Alexander Skarsgård and Nicole Kidman and Ethan Hawke and Anya Taylor-Joy and the amazing cinematography and the incorporation of Viking spirituality in a very unique way make this just such an interesting experience in spite of the story being, you know, quite simple and straightforward. Um, It kind of almost grounds it in that way, makes it something that you can kind of hold on to with the story being simple, but everything else being very complex, whether it's the characters or the amazing cinematography. Um, Plus, Eggers and company do not stray away from the absolute brutality of the period and the complexity and strangeness of the characters, and it just makes such a wonderful set. If you're not able to stomach some of the intense violence or maybe violence involving children, this may not necessarily be for you. But if you can get through that, it's a singular experience that only Robert Eggers can produce. And I hope he gets to swing for the fences more. I know he's been kind of going back, uh, saying that he's going to do smaller budgets again and less oversight. But I think, you know, mid-budget, big-budget Robert Eggers is really interesting. So hope he gets to do it again, maybe with Nosferatu. We'll see. Uh, Okay, but before I shoot you over to our interviews, I've got to tell you that The Discourse is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes The Playlist Podcast, Bingeworthy, both of which I'm a part of, also Be Real, Deep Focus, The Fourth Wall, and more. It can be heard on iTunes, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and now Spotify. Follow us on iTunes and you'll get our podcast as well as our other shows regularly. Be sure to subscribe and drop us a comment or a rating as we do very much appreciate it. Okay, let's ascend on a Valkyrie to our interviews. First up, you'll hear Elena's chat with director Robert Eggers, followed by our chat with the wonderful Alexander Skarsgård. So I was thinking while I was trying to... um just even thinking about this movie that it just, you know, was going to be a Vikings movie. And then I was trying to think about other Vikings films I've seen and there aren't all that many. Um, And so I was wondering when you were working on making this film, um, did you get a sense of why that was? Why there's not a lot of Viking movies? Honestly, I don't don't really know why. 
Uh, I, I mean, I sometimes I wonder. If, I mean, you know, the two main reasons main reasons why I was never interested in Vikings myself personally until recently was the you know the macho stereotype was not appealing to me personally. But obviously, that's not a reason why they weren't aren't getting made. Yeah. Uh, but then per, the other reason for me is the misappropriation, uh, the right wing misappropriation of uh, Viking culture. Maybe that has something to do with it. You know, I don't know because because actually, you know, like where there are a couple good Viking movies, you know, comes there's some a couple good so- Soviet Viking movies actually from the seventies that aren't that aren't bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean the cool thing is I get to carve out my own space because of this. Um, you know the the Fleischer movie with Kirk Douglas is actually pretty good. You know, like but, but, yeah, particularly for the period. I've said in many interviews, and it's true that Kirk Douglas would have been completely ridiculed for being beardless. Uh, so, um, but but other than that, it's cool. But I think you know I'm I'm grateful to the History Channel. Uh, Vikings show and 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 how that's you know spawned uh, so much interest in Viking culture and all these other TV shows and video games, but you know the way that they've made Vikings it, it follows the tradition that starts with Wagner of putting horns on helmets because it's cool and because that suits the pop culture of the day. So 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 I'm in this really lucky position where. There's like a hunger for Viking culture, but nobody's made a historically accurate Viking movie before. So I can do something that like people haven't seen, even though there's a lot of Viking content right now. And so, yeah, you mentioned like historical accuracy. Um, but um, as I was talking to uh, Neil Price, uh, the historical uh, consultant you had on the film, one of them, um, he was uh, he made very clear the fact that there's actually quite little we know of yeah. Viking culture that, you know, they only have like a few hints here and there. And so I was wondering like um, someone else, some other director could have used that to just go, you know, very creative and just, you know, uh, make up stuff because, you know, yeah. no one's going to like check. Yeah. Uh, so I was wondering why did, why did historical accuracy, as far as you could take it, matter so much to you? It's just, it's just the approach that, that I enjoy, you know. I mean, I, en- I enjoy the act of, of, of researching the way some people might enjoy skiing. <laughs> like, you know, I just, I just like it. But also, um, it's, it's a kind of discipline. And, if, I, and if, if the goal is to, like, get inside the, the, the head of people in, in the Viking Age, um, you know, like, how they express themselves in their clothing and their architecture, like, needs, needs to be right, too, I, th- I think. And also... The, you know the the atmospheres and accumulation of details so as while we have the landscapes and the elements you know the the more like visual information that can be like on on the edges i i think makes the world more credible but you're right like you know we don't know a lot of things but i tend to choose like what's the academic consensus mm-hmm. you know what's the academic consensus and um so you mentioned that you love research uh, in general, and there must have been just a crazy amount on this film. Uh, but then I was wondering, because so you work on these films, and I, you know, on The Witch and The Lighthouse as well, and you do a lot of research, and then you go and make the movie. And I was wondering, how do you ever like manage to get a distance from all the research you've done, all the stuff that's in your head, to then actually just look at what you're actually filming? 
Well, there. I mean, for, yeah, it, it's it's incredibly important to get all that stuff done in prep because it would be really fatal for the movie if I'm paying more attention to a wooden nail than Alexander Skarsgård's performance. Mm-hmm. But I think something that helps that is is the single camera approach that me and my DP, Jaron Blaschke, have employed. Because the thing is, you know, when you're shooting with one camera and these long, unbroken uh, takes, it's focused on the story. It's focused on the story and nothing else. And so there's no, like, oh, let's cut away and look how cool those period hunting dogs are. You know, you, so, you know the period hunting dogs, like, walk through frame and you see them or you don't. And, and you know, because that, cause when the hunting dogs come in, it's about Fjellner entering the Great Hall. You know, and also I was wondering. Uh, this is your your biggest film in terms of you know scale and budget. And I was wondering, did you find that it was actually a different process to work on such a a big movie, or did you just sort of use the same methods you always have for working film, but just you know it took more time and took more energy. In in like in it, mostly it's the same. Mostly it's the same. And 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 I this might sound like precious, but there is a way in which it's the same as when I was doing plays when I was a kid. I, it sounds absurd, but it is true, okay. you know. Uh, and uh, so yeah, you know, I'm working with the same heads of department, many of the same same heads of department, and many of the same actors because I like that consistency in the way that I work. Where things were were different is because of the 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 size of this movie like I knew I was not going to have final cut and so in post production that's where things were new and more difficult you know for me uh like the test screening process which by the way I learned stuff about the film it made the film better did I like it no you know did I like the studio pressure and the studio notes no did they make the film better yes Did I need it to make the film better? Yes, you know, and and so you know, I'm, I've walked away through a painful process with like this is the director's cut, you know, this is the director's cut, and but but it was a, a different process to get there. <laughs> and also something that was really striking to me. So you've done all this research and you got all these amazing details, but you you tell this quite obviously really epic story, but the cinematography, the look of it is so natural. Like, it doesn't, you know, it's not like you haven't put, like, a huge, like, filter effect on it or anything. And it just looks very uh, real. And I was wondering why you decided to do that. I mean, um, the, the Witch also had this sort of similar approach. Um, but I felt like The Witch was a little, maybe a little more, like, stylized in the, the presentation of it. And then, obviously, The Lighthouse was black and white. So I was wondering why this <coughs> choice of cinematography, because it's, um, it's just quite striking to see, like, an epic film on that scale that actually has this, like, immediacy in the image. Uh, Jaron and I like um, a naturalistic approach t- to lighting. You know, the witch was was uh, shot with with pretty much all natural light except for the night exteriors, but it's a very low contrast look and a little bit more desaturated um, than this film. And you know, but but when you're working with the Viking Age, there's not a lot of possibilities in, in lighting if you're going to do it naturalistically. Like, we could, yeah, we could light it like a, a movie schmovie, but that's not what we particularly like. But basically, you know, if it's a night <coughs> interior, if it's a night interior in the Viking Age, you get a fire in the middle of the room, and that's all you got. And then in terms of the violence, um, so um, we were told as well that it's realistic, And watching the film, you know, you see everything. It's not, it's not like movie violence in the sense that, you know, you cut away when something bad happens. Um, but I was wondering, um, 
what was your approach to that? Because I obviously people know that Vikings, you know, that's the main thing they're known for. It's like they're very, very violent and brutal. Um, but um, I was wondering, how did you approach uh, integrating that into the film um, and trying to, I guess, keep it in a sort of balanced way where it wouldn't sort of overtake everything in the movie and you would still, you know, as an audience, like, care about the stakes and why why this world is so violent. Make, I guess, make the audience sort of enter that world that's so abrasive. Yeah, I'm, I, and it, it, unfortunately, I'm just, ask, it, like, answering your question by asking more questions because I don't, like, you know, you just have to follow your instinct, I suppose. Uh, but, like, it, it's a, it's, it is tough because, like, yeah, Viking, Viking culture is celebrated violence and the saga is a lot sometimes read like 80s action movies and and, and they're thrilling you know and this is a, it's a big set piece action adventure movie like we, I, the, the violence at times needs to be thrilling it needs to be entertaining but I don't want to be making a film that glorifies violence you know and so uh, or, or, or celebrates violence so you know when sometimes the brutality is used as a tool so that you're disgusted by what you see, you know, uh, and uh, and also, you know, the, the sexual viol- violence is is alluded to. Um, I wanted to ask about uh, Nosferatu. Uh, whether you're still um, thinking of making that, and um, yeah, any details you might have, or I'm I'm always thinking of making Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just like to say that Harry Styles was not going to be the vampire. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll make, make that official. Uh, great. Well, Thanks. thank you so much. Um, so, first of all, I was wondering, because um, I know that um, this project sort of, you, you were already working on um, trying to make a Vikings movie for years before um, even meeting Robert Eggers. Um, so I was wondering what fascinates you so much about Vikings. I've been surrounded by... Viking culture since I was born. I was born in Sweden, and uh, um, we had a house on Erland, which is one of the the, the Swedish islands in the Baltic Sea, and uh, there's um, almost 200 big rune stones on the island, and I spent every summer there as a kid, and so um, some of my earliest memories are from these these amazing rune stones and and looking at the the Viking inscriptions on them and... um, my grandfather telling me stories about these Vikings and what 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 it meant these the 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 the, the runes, um, and that was uh, the most ex- amazing experience to stand there and the thought of like a thousand years ago a Viking stood here and erected this rune stone um, to commemorate the his son or grandson or who's down in Sarklan or Georgia down in Constantinople on a crazy. Um, expedition uh so already at that point i think it started uh, mm-hmm. the dream of maybe one day um telling one of these stories that was born and then i i i thought the, um, there was an opportunity to it, it's such a rich mythology uh the norse mythology the the vikings their their relationship to to nature to this to the spiritual world was something that i felt was it, it it's so rich and so um there was an opportunity to maybe tell that story. I'd never seen a film about the Viking Age that was a truthful depiction of uh, of the Vikings and also of their belief system. Um, so that's kind of how the, the, the journey started. And um, 
I was wondering because you you mentioned that you were so you were with this project essentially since its inception, like since it started, you were there, you were present, you were like a sort of the the person who made it happen in a way. And I was wondering how that uh, how that felt um, your relationship to this project since you were sort of there from the beginning and how that's probably quite unusual for an actor in general. Yeah, I, I learned so much, um, and 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 it is. Uh, very rare as an actor to be part of a project from the very beginning. Um, normally you, you'll, you're sent a script when it's already financed and set up. There's a director attached. They know when to shoot, where to shoot, and you just, um, you still have to do the work, but it's, it's, you're not part of that first part of filmmaking, nor the last part, which is from when you wrap the movie, the whole post-production, the editing of it. Uh, you're, you're also not privy to that. So to have been part of this from the very beginning um and when Robert and his co-writer Sean wrote the screenplay to have been involved in that to have conversations with them throughout was wonderful it's fantastic to be able to bounce ideas back and forth and uh, and also in post-production after rap to go in and watch stuff and have conversations it's it's uh it's something I learned a, a lot from And would you ever um, want to direct a film yourself? Like, did you learn, did it sort of give you a taste for, like, making your own movie someday? Yeah, maybe at some point. I think if it's the the right project at the right time and I, um, I feel like this is a story I, I see in my head and I, I think I should try to tell this story, then maybe, yeah. But it's also quite nice to work with amazing filmmakers, right, Robert Eggers? <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Um, and so then um, we were talking a lot with um, Neil uh, Price, one of the historical consultants, yeah. and um, he, ta he talked a lot about uh, that it wasn't just about recreating the historical details, you know, like the dress and the, the, the traditions and the rituals, but it was also trying to get into the mind of a Viking and uh, sort of their, their belief system and just the way they thought about things. And I was wondering for you as an actor, like how did you try and, you know, get in the head of a Viking and try to, like, understand how they thought about things, how they saw the world. Yeah, that was crucial in order to, to for the movie to work because the supernatural elements of the movie are so intrinsic, so important to, to the narrative. So the, the key to that was actually a lot of, thanks to Neil Price, I read his books, um, His uh, The Children of Ash and Elm uh, is, an, is an amazing read uh, that I highly recommend for anyone who's interested in, in, in Viking culture and Norse mythology. And that was my, my, um, my source during pre-production in, 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 in trying to understand Amleth, um, uh, how he related to the spiritual world, uh, what fate meant to him, um, the gods... Uh, the different gods, the different relationships he had with different gods, and um, and how he saw the world, n nature around him. Um, so it was an, uh, important to, to to kind of try to embody that, and in, 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 uh, so that when I stepped out on to to uh, to set, um, I would be able to see the world through through his eyes. Mm -hmm. And um, what part did like the sort of physical preparation play into that? Because I imagine, I mean, you've done roles before where you had obviously to you know get in shape and you know train a lot. But I feel like for this kind, because it's about Vikings and they were such 
physical beings you know they, yeah. they didn't really sit around a lot um how did that did that also sort of play part into into like getting in the mind in a way of the viking yeah he's um uh, his name is Bjorn Ulfur, which means bear wolf so and 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 um in that the the trans scene and the with uh, the 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 shamanic kind of transformation amleth goes from being human to his spirit animal, a hybrid of a bear and a wolf, and um, and then he stays in that mindset throughout the raid of the village at the beginning of the film, and it was important to for me to um, feel and, and and try to look a bit more uh, like a bear, <laughs> and I'm naturally quite lean, so it meant that we uh, I just had to try to put on some weight, yeah. Um, and also because we get the sense from watching the film and uh, just you know hearing about the making of it that the shoot was difficult just because of the weather and the, the nature. Obviously, there was the whole like pandemic thing, but it was yeah. also just the weather. And um, I was wondering, so did that? Do you find that that sort of makes it harder for you to just do your work, or do you find that in this case, because it's about Vikings, um, that it was actually kind of helpful to like be sort of directly in touch with the elements or? I think it was tremendously helpful. I think um, the fact that um, we shot it out on location, out um, on a mountaintop or on the beach or um, uh, in, in the woods, or um, and, and that they were practical. The sets were built, um, a lot of them, a year before we shot the movie, so they would age and grow, because, again, Robert is all about authenticity. And to be out there, um, you're... It makes my job easier because then you're really dealing with the cold and the wind and the rain, and it's it, you're in the elements uh, like the character would have been. So you don't have to pretend really. <laughs> you are physically just kind of exhausted and miserable. Um, so if sometimes it's really nice to shoot on a warm sound stage and you can have your little green room and have a little coffee break, but for this type of movie, I it felt important to be completely immersed in that world for, for many months. And um, also, so your, I guess your co-star is Anya Taylor-Joy, and um, you don't actually have, have that many scenes together, but uh, you, so you were both tasked with giving a sense of such a, an important part of the film, important connection uh, in a few scenes. And I was wondering, how did you... How did you work on that? Because a lot of the movie is kind of just you on your own. Yeah. Um, but then you've got these scenes with a few very key people. Yeah. Um, and just sort of, yeah, working on getting that sort of dynamic in place. Yeah, that's exactly what we talked about in the beginning. We discussed the fact, Anya, Robert, and I, that in the beginning of the movie, there is, there, uh, the characters don't have that much screen time together, but she is his fate, his, his legacy. Uh, so... And also an incredibly important component to fulfilling his destiny and, and making it off the farm, like like her character Olga says in the film, uh, you have the strength to break men's bones. I have the strength to break their minds. So they need each other, uh, and it was important to uh, really lift those moments in the beginning of the film to have that to feel that chemistry, that connection between the two. That it's a real uh, incredible force. Uh, um, so we spent a lot of time discussing those and, and really trying to um, hone in and, 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 and figure out w how can we make those scenes really strong and impactful so the audience, even though you don't see the two together much in the beginning of the film, 
uh, that they feel like, oh, this is something special, and they, he's going to need her on this journey. That was very important. And it helps that Anya and I hit it off immediately, and she's, I don't know if you've had a chance to meet her, but she's lovely and so sweet and, and, and smart and interesting. Uh, and um, that helped. That it, it wasn't that we had to work on it. We found each other very early on, and, and then we were just in it together. And that, um, uh, hopefully you can see that in, in those scenes. And so, yeah, I guess, uh, so final question, I was wondering, because um, you wanted to play a Viking for a long time. Are there any other characters that you've, you dream of playing? Or even just film genres you'd like to, like, explore? I think I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> This was uh, my swan song. I was like, yeah, I'm like, I, um, no, I think um, I'd love to do just a comedy next. Something maybe that takes place on a beach in south of France or something. Um, uh, where I'm wearing lots of uh, comfortable clothes and um, uh, tonally something different. Uh, yeah, I think that's a perfect uh, next 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 adventure. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Uh,